0: everyone and welcome to av world uk episode six this week we're joined by the absolutely fantastic caris green Karis, how you doing
1: yeah i'm good thanks great
0: good to hear and as always uh mr andy sharp and mark sumner how are we doing boys
2: hello 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 good thank you
0: Good, good, glad to hear it. So this week, uh, we've got a couple of subjects we're going to be talking about. Uh, first of all, we're going to lean into Karis. You're the head of the Avixa Women's Council, and we really would like to know a little bit more about that. So um, what is the Avixir Women's Council for those that don't know? Um,
1: so if you don't know what Avixir is, it's the Trade Association for the Audiovisual Industry. Mm-hmm. And the uh, Avixa Women's Council is a global community. So, just to point out, I I co lead the UK group. Okay, the entire council. (laughs) I'm over promoting Um, you. I'm
0: sorry. I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so I co lead the UK group. And um, the aim really is to support and empower women in our industry. we do that through networking event in the future we're looking to launch a mentoring scheme uh, we have virtual coffee mornings where we discuss different topics uh, we're going to be starting a book group and um, yeah it's just to build a community for for women in our industry as as we are a minority
0: and I guess um, I know that we've spoken previously but um, it's something that can be supported by everyone it's not just for uh, a group just for women
1: no absolutely and uh, in fact you know we actively encourage men to come along to our events and get involved um, because if we're talking about the issues that that face women in this industry then we're not going to change anything unless we have the men part of the conversation as well. Mm-hmm. Um, And actually, we had our recent International Women's Day event, and uh, John Sidwick from Colab Tech spoke at that event alongside two fantastic lady speakers. Um, But it was really interesting to hear John's perspective as as a male in the industry.
0: Yeah, I I imagine that from an education perspective, it's really key for you to make sure that everyone is aware of uh, the challenges faced and and that you've got as many people involved in spreading your message of diversity but bringing inclusion of uh, women within the AV industry because we've got some absolutely amazing people and we spoke to um, Ifat uh, Chowdhury a few weeks ago about specifically diversity in the workplace around International Women's Day and and our um, want for for change and things to be better. Um, So as people that haven't attended these events what can we do to help and how can we support
1: um so yeah it's just about showing up and attending really and being part of the conversation um as I said uh, we hold in-person events roughly once a quarter Mm. um the last few have tended to be in London or the southeast so we're currently planning an event for June which will be up in Liverpool um and <laughs> Mark's uh, cheering
0: because there's something going yes. up north. <laughs> there's
2: something coming up, and we had this last week. We're talking about different events yeah. and road chores up north. I will be there. Yeah, <laughs> I will. It,
1: Mark. All right, attendance list one. Mark. Yes Already. Um, so, yeah, no, so um we're yeah, we want to be inclusive and you know, we're not we're not just gonna be holding things down in London. Yeah, just just turn up, join the conversation. Um, you know support and empower the ladies that you're working with in your businesses um, and you know perhaps push them to join the mentoring scheme when that when that opens up Um, and you know there'll be opportunity for men and women to be mentors on that scheme Um, but the mentees will be ladies
2: yep and this do you also interact with other women's councils as such across different uh, verticals you know my, my partners are part of the same thing but in uh, in law and I'm wondering do you ever kind of come together as different groups to discuss things like that or
1: no that's a really good point mark and um, it's not something we've done yet but it has been discussed as something we may need to do and reach out in the future um, so the Avixa women's Council in the UK, has only been particularly active in the last 12 or 18 months um prior to that there was um a networking group called women in av um, that was run by the fantastic abigail brown i don't know if any of you guys knew abigail but she was an amazing person a real inspiration um and she sadly passed away in 2019 but um for various reasons um it's reinvented into the Avixa women's council and actually doing it with Avixa behind us is fantastic because all of the people on the council are volunteers with full-time jobs um lots of us have families and other other things in our lives as well so the fact that Avix are behind us is you know they do a lot of the administration side of things and the um organization marketing content etc um so yeah Back to my original points. Um, since we've been running things as the Vix Women's Council in the last eighteen months, um, it has been mentioned about meeting up with other groups, um, you know, other women in tech groups. Mm-hmm. But actually, now you've mentioned it, you know, doesn't even have to be technology. Um, just to learn from what maybe they've done that might be a bit different that has been successful for them, um, and yeah, get ideas for for different talking points and events.
0: I guess also it looks sort of lean into that other, um, Evixa group crossovers. So I'm involved with the, the young AV professionals group of Avixa, and, um, it, you know, I wondered how much there a crossover is from women's council and the young AV professionals, because clearly, you know, there's a lot of, um, similarities and, uh, that will need to be discussed, I guess, between both of those groups as we're looking at mentoring young female AV professionals. So, uh, as a focus with, across both of those, if you're looking at the the Venn diagram of, of focus, they're they they're they're slap bang in the middle. So, um, is there been crossover discussions between the two count between the, those two areas of Avixa and those councils as well?
1: Um, again, it's not something that's happened yet, but yeah. absolutely, particularly when we we come to launch the mentor program, that that would be a good conversation to have. And again, obviously, there's a lot of crossover with the diversity council. Yeah. Um, But interestingly, um, Shaw actually did a piece of research into inclusion and diversity within Shaw's business and looking to create, you know, similar groups internally within our business. And um, while women are part of the diversity conversation and, and young people are part of the diversity conversation, it actually came out that, you know, there are specific um, issues or conversations to be had specific to, to certain groups so uh, we have a, a women's group within Shure. um we have a we care vibe which is around cultural diversity and also um, an lgbtq plus uh, diversity group so because because those different groups of people have got you know different conversations to have
0: yeah and it's good to have that kind of forward thinking and progressive discussion, really, and, and people that are looking at actively trying to get the best of every professional and giving the opportunities to work within their desired uh, sector or area and giving them the opportunity to be included within the conversation at all times. That, that's yeah. uh, It's fantastic to have that as a, as a m- massive step forward from, I guess, from... Where we've we've previously seen, um, yeah. and 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 the move towards that inclusion, yeah.
1: and I think it comes down to it's not about equality in that we're all equal and therefore we're all the same because we're not the same. We're all different, and it's about celebrating our differences and what um, you know, different people from different backgrounds, genders, cultures whatever it might be you know we're all we can all bring something to the table um so you know the the more diverse your your workforce is you know the more interesting conversations and outcomes you're going to generate
0: yeah I agree we, we uh, as I said we spoke, we spoke kind of touched on and, and spoke through some of these subjects recently about the having people in the room with m- multiple opinions life experiences that adds so much value by having a a, um a a different opinion from a different background different understanding um and a different way of life so um it adds a lot of value in 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 many conversations and and um uh how we've seen the, the the positive side of that um so with the evixir women's council you've got your um Meetings, you've got the things that that people can actively be involved with, and the you know, Mark's already committed himself hundred percent. He's gonna be there up up in Liverpool. Um, so you pending know, we we're holidays, in a, of course. Yeah, pending <laughs> holidays. Uh, have you got to get a passport to get from Blackburn to uh to Liverpool? You absolutely <laughs> do. <laughs> um so we're really lucky that we we've we have you joining us today to talk about another real passion of yours as, as well as co-chairing the Avixa Women's Council you're really actively involved in um, hybrid learning and the hybrid learning environments and, ha- and that really does tie into some of the conversations that you've had I mean we we, we spoke um, previously about how the hybrid work learning environment is allowing more people to be involved in situations that they maybe weren't previously but I guess if we start right back at the beginning and I promise to those that have spoken to us previously, we will try to limit the amount of times we use hybrid because I know that loads of people have heard that word a huge amount of times. But So we'll talk around it, but we're going to have to use it because it's definitely part of the conversation right now. So, Karis, what actually is hybrid learning to you? Uh,
1: so hybrid, or another phrase that a lot of universities are using now, is high flex, Um okay. is about giving students uh, in the university setting the flexibility to choose how they learn. So whether they're in the lecture theatre or seminar room in person or whether they're able to join remotely, um, it, you know, it's their choice. I think now more than ever students are the customer of the university and therefore you know, universities are really having to step up their game in terms of the services and, and the offerings that they're providing. The pandemic has absolutely accelerated the requirement for uh, flexible solutions, where people, whether it be the teacher being remote, the students being remote, everyone being remote. Um, and as we do move back to in person and face to face, which is absolutely essential to our interactions. Um, the possibilities of having that flexibility isn't going to go away people have recognized you know what what the benefits are what the pros and what the cons are and and it's absolutely here to stay
0: yeah and i guess like we've all been involved on a on a daily basis i mean um andy i know like within your um your role you get loads of requests recently to help enhance um these uh you know hybrid working environment hybrid education environments and and some of the technologies that are being requested as uh, i think we've probably seen we've, we've touched on previously about the advancement in that but how are you seeing that come through within your your sort of daily life
3: without being too existential um the last couple of years there's a
0: word um, oh he's, he's, had off, eh? he's had the dictionary <laughs> <laughs> out he's had the dictionary i have no idea what it means by the way i
3: just pick any old word i can find and i'll throw it in eventually some of them will stick right so um, but like the last couple of years have been really weird in the sense that we've all had the opportunity to sort of do a little bit of self-analysis on how our jobs work, how um, we're set up if you work in a university, how the university operates the best way it can, For some people to have to be sort of stuck at home for a long period sort of it's changed everything. And hybrid is almost like the the natural progression of the flexibility of the workforce, right? Because link into the uh, VIXA women's council thing at the beginning. So there is a theme running through the show today. The, the key thing is how do you get more people involved when there were lots of different barriers in the way beforehand? And hybrid working is just a simple, you know, manifestation of of how we make that happen. So more cameras, I mean, we're all four of us are sat in geographically completely different locations around the country, and we can just have a normal natural conversation so, if we can do that, it's not a massive step on to sort of learning how to well, learn better, I suppose. It's just a simple progression that we're all going. So it's almost like no one really sat down a year ago and went, right, this is the future of technology. If you ask people five years ago, we would have been sort of, you know, having sort of um, uh, minority report kind of sort of, you know, virtual stuff. <laughs> yeah, screen. I think but Greg actually, was none of that's... For that has gone. <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly right. None of that has really um, played out so much, but. We're going this different direction as well, which is really great. I mean, I can say from experience, my dad's currently doing an open university course and he's done a couple before. Um, it's mostly because he's just a massive nerd and really likes learning, but (laughs) he can he can take natural science courses and stuff from you know quite a, a remote part of Scotland and he can learn and engage and get the best type of university lecture that he can get without having to live in London. It's just a very small example of how the world can be opened yeah. up to lots of different people. And you haven't even really talked about sort of issues around disability and funding and access. And, and, and I know it's still quite an expensive thing, hybrid, but you know, as things tend to get in, it's going to get a lot cheaper and it becomes more accessible um, it's one of those weird sort of nebulous things that might really change everything. Like it might fundamentally change how we work over the next 10 years.
1: I think it really will. And what I think is important is for those attending remotely to feel that they are part of the experience, part of the mm. learning um, environment. So there's some really, you know, whizzy technology where you no know, lecturer can have a video wall with everyone who's remote that, you know, their head, in front of the teacher so he can give them eye contact as well as those that are in the room. Um, and also just making sure that there's there's really good quality audio to ensure that any discussion or, or, you know, Q&A that's going on can be heard, that everyone in the room can be heard equally, not yeah. just, you know, a lecturer at the front at uh, a lectern with a microphone, but, you know, discussion is picked up. Um, and remote users are, are, are heard properly as well.
0: Uh, it's, it's It's been... I think we're already seeing the the appetite for it because it is allowing for most, so many different reasons, and we t- we talk we could talk about all of them. Uh, it, it's, it's there's so many positives to this shakeup that's come out of such a terrible situation that's sort of forced our hand into this, and and I think that it we'd have been some way off without been shut inside for a, a couple of years and being able to without being able to physically interact and there being an option for it and we've been pushed into this thing that's actually has huge benefits to allow people to make sure that they're having the best quality of of time usage their best quality of of, of audio or sound or, or experience when they're um, involved in it and I think there's been some key differences between the education sector and and maybe the corporate um, sector but I think they're all benefiting from it maybe in slightly different ways um, so you know with, with hybrid we're seeing the evolution of like UC and C solutions I think has been the real driver and, and real supporting technology and I guess with you Mark like you're seeing that more and more on a well hourly basis I guess if you look at <laughs> some of the conversations <laughs> but you know on a on a daily basis with the UC stuff and and, and I guess that's that is both corporate and education, but more so in corporate, I'm going to guess, from a um, general da- daily usage.
2: It is. And um, to go back to your point, everyone uses the word hybrid learning. Um, and like you said, it, you know, high flex from a university perspective. Mm. I think what people really want to get to is uh, it to be called flexible lifestyle, because this technology has been around for many years it's this unfortunate worldwide pandemic that has brought it to the forefront that has advanced some of the technologies it has, you know, the the platforms have advanced so far in the last few years. But the actual technology that has been based on has been around for five, six years and it just wasn't at the front of people's minds. You could have flexible working, you could have flexible teaching in, in certain environments, but now people have realized you can do flexible in any part of your life. Corporate can do flexible, you know. There is some things that I still feel face-to-face is more than required. Some training, some hands-on things you can't really do over a video. You really do need that experience of hands-on. But when you look at the difference between education and corporate now... There's not actually that much difference. You know, the corporates are looking after their employees and making sure they can engage and interact and feel part of it without ever being within the room. And that's what the education establishments are trying to do. I think corporates have got a grasp on it a little bit more, like you said, Karis, with the audio side, because They've had to do that for many years in their conference platforms and collaboration rooms. Education is just that little bit behind because usually it's people in the room and all they need to do is either play something via speakers rather than pick anything up. And something that I know we've highlighted before is, you know, you can have a video call and your video can go off. And as long as you can still be heard, you can still have a conversation. And it's that key bit of that audio you know, you can be seen but not heard, and you'll never know what's going on in some cases. But you can not be seen and be heard and have a good picturization and you can visualize what's going on because of that interaction. And I think that's the key thing is making sure, like Andy said, we're four of us in four different parts of the country can now come together, see each other, hear each other, have our own views, a podcast together, and actually talk. Whereas five years ago, I would have been traveling down the road. Uh, Andy would have been coming across to London. We'd all be in a nice nice hotel, sat there and be sat around a a single microphone and all going, right, let's talk into this (laughs) and record. Um, And I think that's that's developed And and it's come from not just... I think it's starting to really come across in the kind of the generation that's coming through. Obviously, the generation that's finished kind of education now, have, you know, that was the big push in AV and UC of what they expect. This next generation, I've got a nine-year-old daughter who already knows how to play and set up a video conferencing suite without ever having to, you know, be, be handheld. When she's 20, I, I don't want to know what this is going to be because it's <laughs> going to be so peggy. You know, I, i'll be i'll be a dinosaur by that time but i think that's <laughs> that's the the power of what's come out of it they all know now more collaboration more interaction and that's where companies really grown out of this
0: i think i think it's really interesting that uh, somebody made a point to me the other day that when we talk about hybrid learning the first sort of initial thing that we think about is the technology the <laughs> hybrid to us is is uh, we focus more on the parts where it's um not the face-to-face so it's hybrid because it is gives us the option for the video and that's our key focus of of that but I think true hybrid is the balance of I guess both face-to-face and personal interaction as much as it is with the ability to have the same interaction via video communication audio communication and I agree with you completely that being able to we rely on it from our podcast in the fact that um people can understand what we're talking about or the way we're putting our points across from just from the audio and having that good quality of audio is really important when discussing important things or giving people that right experience
1: so I think something that's actually really important is that we get to a point where the technology is invisible you know people like us and in our industry obviously care what is there and how it works but You want a lecturer or a presenter students to be able to come into a room and start teaching. They haven't got to turn on lecture capture, turn on the video conferencing platform, make sure the mics are working. I was at... uh, an event last week where Adam Harvey from the University of Hertfordshire was talking and he he had a long list of every step a lecturer has to take before he can actually start his class and a lot of times well th- there's certain academics that actually really embrace the technology and are really interested in how it works yeah. um, but actually my brother's a university lecturer and he knows a lot about 17th century chimneys he is not interested in technology. That's surprising. Um, You're shocking me. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: so yeah, what he can't tell you about you know, 17th century chimneys and, and hearths is, is really not worth knowing. But um, yeah, he just wants to walk into a space and teach his students, yep. um, whether they be in the room or remote. Um, so yeah, the, the technology is absolutely the, the centre of this, but it's as making it as seamless and as easy to use as possible. I think where um that pan- pandemic have you know pushed people to to act fast and and adapt spaces for this purpose. Um I think there's some instances where things have potentially been cobbled together for want of a better expression. Yep. And now things are calming down again, they're having to actually look back and reflect and think, okay, well is this working you know, have we you know got the right equipment? um you know, is this the right audio setup up for this space? because um you know it was such a knee-jerk reaction in the first instance. There's now yeah. sort of tweaks and changes and adaptations that need to be made. I mean yeah. one one fact that Adam from Hearts spoke about the other week. well so I just found this amazing. they started out at the beginning of March twenty twenty. Um, with I think he said around 25 or 30 teams licenses um, and they once the pandemic hit and shut down uh, lockdown happened they closed for seven days and by the end of seven days they had 7,000
0: unbelievable um,
1: staff and students up and running yeah it's, the scale of the rate at which they had to scale up is just amazing phenomenal yeah. um, and then you know as they went back into the classrooms it's about making changes and adapting those classrooms to be to be easy to use for for all involved.
0: Yeah, I I think that's that's not a um obviously a unique situation. That's been a global situation where the scale up to in, in- encompass this technology and now i think we see on a on a regular basis where there's this reflection now of the right product or the right technology to suit um, a a room to allow that interaction better um but there's i guess there's there's a fair amount of limitations to some of the things that were put in place so it was purchase or, or or implement through necessity and now it's actually implement through real technical need and requirement and uh, being able to overcome potentially those limitations where it was a little bit sort of make do amend uh that would be good enough um you can kind of make sure that the right things are, are put in and that the the limitations that have are, are come into place are are removed from uh those those environments because I think we've all been in sessions that have been really good and we've had a great experience and we've learned a lot and we've had lots of engagement. And then I guess we've had a lot of sessions that have not gone the same way. The The key thing I think on video particularly is bandwidth. We all suffer from that. It's It's a real struggle. <laughs> um if we're having video meetings is the is the bandwidth and the and the audio quality that we'll receive um or issues that we'll get
2: it is one of the main things when it first hit the pandemic i think in the uk it was something about 20 million teams and zoom licenses were purchased within three days it was a huge amount of licenses it was unbelievable because of what was required but because of the necessity people bought multiple things multiple Products, they didn't know what was best, and they were actually hybrid learning themselves. They didn't know what was going to work, and they didn't know what they needed and what was required and very much of... I'd hate to be looking about, at Google yeah. saying,
0: top search, how to install Teams.
2: <laughs> yeah, how to install Teams. What, how to deploy Zoom
0: need? on a campus of 7,000 people. <laughs> Never done this before. <laughs>
2: it, it is, it is, and it, it's stuff that, like, like you said, it, they had to shut down places for a week. But I think yeah. when they've come out the back of it, they've gone, right, actually, to do this, we do ha- have to look out further and wider. It's not just the audio, the UC element now. It is the backbones of these corporate engines and these companies that go, yeah, I can shove 50 teams or Zoom rooms or Google Meets, don't want to miss one of them out, you know, WebEx. <laughs> uh you know, keep them all happy. Um, but if you put 50 of them in and they're all on the bandwidth, they're all cheering through that and they're all set up, how much is actually left to be able to do and what kind of experience do you have in those? And when when it first came, you know, the experience of everyone was like, "Oh, look, we're all on Teams." Look, I can see you. And cameras were dropping out, and audio wasn't working. And people so you like, "Oh my mum, Mark,
3: because that's pretty much." I did our very action. much. <laughs> yeah. The
2: Christmas video calls, <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the Zoom quizzes, where everyone dropped out or just oh. turned the video off because they could only log in on the phone. But that, that was the that was the big. The He's big frozen jump again.
3: He's frozen again. <laughs> Nan, you're on mute. <laughs> well, actually, we talked with Rachel last week about the AV Awards and the AV Awards last year were, of course, remote. So yeah. I guess that was uh, a real-life application of it. It was, uh, And actually, they were, some, they were pretty good, to be fair. It,
1: the, the, the comedian was diabolical. <laughs> but, um, questionable, yeah, Andy. Yeah, right, really, yeah, no comment take, on
0: that. Your taste, your taste, yeah, questionable there, Carrie. I agree, um,
1: Yeah, but I think the platform worked really well, that mm. you could kind of have little meetings and chats with different people you wanted to network with so yeah the it the, the format worked for for the purpose you know the need they had at the time C-
2: yeah. could you imagine now that like at the beginning of the pandemic when everyone was on and there was a little bit pixelated and you're all i'll just add whatever camera you got when anybody comes on now you go get yourself a better camera what's going on, <laughs> Come on. yeah 24 months ago you couldn't get a camera for no amount of money you wanted the, mm-hmm. the products just weren't there because they didn't expect the obviously the growth of that, that that would be but it also it made meetings better because the difference is you know if I I've got a camera that I was using two years ago if I put a camera on now you'd be like I can't hardly see anything in your room and you know it's not focusing right and that's what we've learned as even professionals in our industry you know there is things that people want that we didn't know they wanted and there's features that we kind of knocked to one side and went ah you don't really need them and yet living it two years ago going, i couldn't live without it now i really need to have that in you know and it is a key point that we have to look at every aspect of you know when people want this flexible life of what what do you actually need it for what is your user experience because that's the key thing and like you said, people want to walk in and, and enjoy it and make, make them want to come back and use it again. If you go in and you have that list of 10 things you must do, by like number nine, I'm going, I'll book another room next time. You know, <laughs> let, me find some, let me find somewhere else that's a little bit easier than this. And it's that that's the key bit that, that a lot has missed out on that user experience, I think.
0: Yeah. Have you seen any weird and wonderful requirements that like requests that maybe you weren't expecting from that hybrid uh, space Karis. has there been any sort so, of things that you go "Whoa, that was I wasn't expecting that was
1: um so I was at King's College London last week doing a walk around with um one of their AV professionals a lady called Catherine Sharman yeah. and uh, we walked down quite a Victorian looking corridor with sort of flagstone floor and there was a strange smell um and it was the dissection room Oh, because King's is yeah. you know linked to guys and St Thomas's and it's a teaching um, mm-hmm. you know a a a medical university and yeah it was the dissection room where they were dissecting human bodies and they did have they do have cameras and audio and everything set up in there for people to join remotely.
0: Mm. I I remember fondly uh, a meeting in a past life at the Royal College of Surgeons in the same in a similar uh, a similar space where uh, it was uh, a very unique (laughs) experience and something you don't want to be repeating. Um, but yeah. So yeah, I, I didn't I,
1: actually get to see inside the dissection room, but that's what the smell was—the <laughs> yeah. formaldehyde.
0: Formaldehyde. But I get like I guess from a, from the environments that they're the the technologies the audio technologies because specifically working in in um, an audio. Has there re- there been any requests that have been sort of specific to hybrids that has led to a conversation? I guess within uh, uh, the The remit of of what their the use case is going to be for this to say actually that's unique to hybrid or has it been things that we were previously using the same technologies for but we've just found new ways of of using them
1: I think it's the um you know uh, like we said this some of this technology has been around for a long time it's it's a case of having to adopt it um you know human human natures by um we we don't like change you know it's a <laughs> facet of, of human nature that we don't like change so we'll you know we'll stuck with we'll stick with something until it's broken Yeah. and um, I think we can safely say that the pandemic broke all of us so um you know we've had to uh, find ways of adapting and evolving the way we work and, and finding the right technology that was probably already out there anyway yeah to do that
0: so I guess it's good to look forward. We have sort of we've discussed in previous episodes or what is A V and we've we've talked to around this other uh, other parts of of the technology space. But I guess it's good to look forward to where we think this hybrid environment is going to get to. Um and, and hybrid education, what the next step is. You know, Mark touched on it, his his nine-year-old, uh, being able to set up a a Teams room or a Google Meet or whatever it might be. And and I know the same for for my children, but when they've been learning, they've been able to just log on a laptop and and make it work. So I guess, what do we think collectively the next step is going to be for this hybrid education space or uh, hybrid working environment?
2: I had a really good idea about this. Um, If this gets pinched by the superstores, I want... Paying out royalties, um, <laughs>
0: trademark, hundred percent trademark in this,
2: and. Um, When you look at this and you go, what are the applications of it? And it only came to me about a week ago. And I'm going to, I'm hopefully this can be made. And I know Andy will like this because it's kind of virtual reality too. (laughs) During the pandemic and during things like what are now, some people don't have time. You know, everyone's enjoying themselves. You know, I want to go shopping. I want to see what's on the shelf. You log into online grocery stores and go, oh, I just need that, 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 what you've bought before. Well, not sometimes you don't know what you want. So is there a way to virtually walk down each aisle and pick off and check off your list or have somebody with a think, VR headset.
3: Is it? Yeah, already a thing. Yeah. See. So, uh, it's been on actually... trial in America. So with Walmart and, and yeah. those guys. You and you scrap can...
0: that pattern money, mate. It's done. Yeah, oh, they're, yeah. There, they're there. Mate. And
3: Amazon <laughs> actually, Amazon have got um they're, they're doing part of it too. So you can virtually go and see. Now there are so forgive me for a little bit, uh, Karis. I get all excited in that, uh, when I... That. <laughs> um, but there are haptic feedback gloves. So when you go in and physically touch the product, you can almost feel the weight and the, mm. the dimensions and stuff. It's like still really early in its infancy, but... It's a, it's a thing. So that's, you put the investment in the right direction and if enough people want it, it's it's kind of cool. And you could couple that potentially with other people and their shopping experiences. You could build like a little See? virtual because that there are, what's the the, the the metaverse? And they're sort of building out from there where it's a sort of a, a gathering center where people can go in and sort of socialize. Yeah. A natural progression is that you could say, oh, do you want to buy a fancy you know necklace or something and you can go and pick it up and touch it and try it on and then you do, can, you do you see like yeah.
0: the, the evolution get into um we talk about the metaverse but like sending your kids off to the living room to put their glasses on to attend a virtual class so you know I, i'm off the school and then they literally they're in they're in the metaverse and a virtual a metaverse learning environment where their avatar is sitting in a classroom but they're sitting in their pyjamas in the living room. I mean, do we see that as actually a possibility of the future?
2: I do. I think it's going to come. I think it's it's there. And I think universities and education can take a lot more more time into this sector because you could only fit so many people in a, a university lecture theatre three years ago. Now they have the ability to sell remote learning. They have the ability for a hybrid learning. right? Do you want to be in for some classes, but remote learning for others? And how do you attend those sessions does everybody attend it with a VR or is it just you know someone's you have a seat that's got you got 10 seats with like a robot sat there that talks as you talk and it's like you're in the room sort of thing and slowly move to that metaverse and I'm looking forward to that that is the true part of UC that I'm looking forward to is you know the audio the video of that element with Andy's video reality (laughs) (laughs) i mean is
0: it something that's been a part of the discussions that you've been having caris when you've been out visiting these 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 uh education spaces
1: um i've not specifically come across it uh in the hybrids environment um in in the education environment but I'm, Mm. i'm absolutely sure it's something that will happen um my sons, uh, who were aged 11 and 14, got an Oculus VR headset for Christmas. Yeah, And my 11-year-old is absolutely obsessed with it. Um, <laughs> and, you know, he plays games with his friends. But also you know when you were talking about potential shopping experiences there's one game he plays where he can he's like serving in a shop he can like be in a fast food restaurant or he could
0: be working in a car
1: garage <laughs> Andy's and other... face,
0: he's smiling Andy's I know like the I know the game I know exactly what's
3: one it is yeah. and, and other players
1: other players come in to buy things off him and it's it's just hysterical to sit on the sofa and watch him I don't need to watch TV I just sit and watch my son playing <laughs> around in the living room um, um, but no, I can I can see huge application for it in in terms of teaching and learning. And um, in fact, I got the idea to buy that for them as a Christmas present at an education event I was at in the autumn, hmm. where one of the the stands at this trade show was selling VR headsets to schools with educational programs, like you could walk around a lung and and I see the inner workings of a space rocket and, and all in VR so yeah it moving forward in into teaching and and learning and and like you you said earlier um, there's certain hands-on things that that do need to be doing in person, but maybe move it into a VR world, and and we can a- give access to even more people that potentially can't be in the room for whatever reason.
0: It, I find it really scary because I worry that my experience of like VR and things like that will be less Minority Report and more like Wally. You know, when they're sitting on the little, <laughs> we're living in a virtual world like that. So yeah, I definitely worry that that. That will be more I'll be more in that camp for it. But um it, it it's really interesting where we've been sort of pushed into these conversations to to have, these discussions about how it's advanced so quickly, then what else can we do? now what else can we do and we're going to be using this now anyway so you know and 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 it's quite an exciting time i i think for technology in general clearly a lot of people hit with issues in in supply chain and there's an awful lot of still you know terrible things that are going on on right now and but the the breakthroughs that we're making within the technology the future of this i think find really really exciting um and certainly something that we can all all look forward to uh, being part of fortunately we we're, we're all involved in 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 these things i guess we're coming to close to the end of this now Karis. it's been absolutely amazing talking to you but as usual um i can't just end right there i have to hand over to mr andy sharp now we made a baby step forward last week and we had one question as part of this quiz how much further have we gone now or have we reverted back
3: i'll tell you what I'm going to say this in the form of questions to get around how this can now therefore be a quiz. Okay. So okay. <laughs> the buzzword. So it's quickly, a facts
2: that you're asking us about. Okay. Yeah.
3: yeah you're yeah, going to ask yeah, us, yeah. do we know facts that you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. And then if you don't, I get to be smug and say, Hey, I know them and you don't. And, and feel better about myself. So Sounds good. Um, ideal for me. Thank you everyone. Um, but the buzzword is hybrid. So taking the word hybrid and, and completely missing the point, we're going to do a little bit or a little section here about hybrid animals. So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you the name of the animal, and you have to tell me which uh, species have created the hybrid animal, if you will. All right? All right so okay. we'll run through the first one. It's really simple. The first. Okay. I know you'll know this one, and then the others you've kind of got to guess. So okay. number one, a liger. So if I said to you liger, you would say to me. That is a male cool. lion and a female
1: lion. I, I know this one.
3: That's yeah. an easy one. Oh, he's well, that's, ruined it. We were, we were no, good go that, that with the easy ones. No, 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 no. We're going to go with the ones that you don't know. That's, uh, I guess, the point. So, right. the first proper one is a Tigon.
0: Tigon? Is it so a is tiger? A
1: tig- yeah, a tiger and a lion, but the other way around. Yes, so, like exactly male, female. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay.
3: Smart. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Tigon's the first one. This is I really like this word. Is there a
0: huge difference in the way that they
3: look? Yeah. Turns it because this all comes with pictures, and again, we can we can link to this. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, we can send some pictures out. What's interesting is that it makes the animals fat both ways. So okay. um, I don't know why that's <laughs> sort of the weird side effect, the big, but Every picture of Tigon I could find, they're massively <laughs> overweight. So yeah. Um, but there you go. Uh, so the next one. Uh, Wolfing.
2: A Pardon? A whale and a dolphin. I was going to say. I thought you said a yeah. wolf
0: and a dolphin.
2: That
3: would have been a very <laughs> unique looking. So you're right. It's a killer whale and a dolphin. And a it looks whale. just like a small whale. So there you go. Did you know wow. that? Uh,
0: Anybody know
3: that one? A wolf. No. I like this one. This one's a really good one because it sounds like it's made up by like American fast food companies. It's called a beefalo.
1: Is it a <laughs> buffalo and a bison?
3: It's a buffalo and a cow. Do you know the
1: difference between a buffalo and a bison?
0: No, genuinely no, no, no. What
1: is you, it? you can't wash your hands in a buffalo. Hey! 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 Right, so has just won the whole
3: podcast. Karis so wins the game.
0: <laughs> you just won your spot back any time you like, Karis. That's, a, that's <laughs> winning. Love that. All right, and
3: then this is the last one: um, a zebroid. Well,
0: I'm guessing there's zebra in there
3: somewhere. Mhm. Yeah, zebras won. Zebra... Oid.
1: What is, is it, it? like? A...
3: Ooh,
0: like an... is it like a? Oh no, I'm
3: thinking like there's like
1: an this deer. Type...
0: Whoa, yeah, like a an horse. Ostr-
3: but actually, it's a lot more boring than that. It's just a zebra and a horse, and they're officially called a zebroid. Oh, well, I
0: mean, you learn something new every day.
3: Yeah, you and haven't like... learned anything interesting or relevant, but you know, no, the love <laughs> in the hybrid today. facts, though. Love yeah. the
0: way to finish on on hybrid. Um. Karis, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Thank
1: you um,
0: for having me. No, really been uh, really fun. Hope you can join us again. Uh, chaps, as always, thank you very much, Mark. Thank you very much, Andy. Um, thank you to everyone that's listening. Uh, really, really appreciate your support and the love that you've been giving us. Please keep interacting with us on the social media platforms. We absolutely love to hear from you. Um, we love talking to you. Uh, we love your feedback. Please make sure that you keep li- leaving the likes and reviews on uh, the Spotify, iTunes platform. We really appreciate it. Uh, You can find us now on Amazon Music and Google Podcasts as well. So thank you all so much. And we look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thanks very much, everyone. (laughs) Bye-bye.